When I first started this journey dwelling in the swamp a couple of years ago, one of my favorite topics and one of the things I really wanted to bring to light in the scary story world was small towns and rural areas. Now, growing up in these type of areas my whole life, I can really relate to them. It seems like a lot of you can too. Welcome back to the swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share from your small town, be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. Now sit back, relax, be sure to hit that button, subscribe if you're new, and get ready for these creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Back in the summer of 2016, my spouse and I were looking to buy our first home in Idaho, where we had recently moved. We live in a valley in the mountains of northern Idaho, on the border of Washington and Idaho. The house we were looking at wasn't quite what we were looking for as we were most interested in buying a home on acreage, but had been unable to find one in our price range. Keep in mind that this was before COVID spiked up home prices to astronomical levels which is a horror story in itself. The house we were looking at was priced around $105,000, which was a rather attractive price for the tiny small town home we were looking at. It was located on a corner right across from the street from the elementary school and was quite ideal for us as we had two young daughters. When we arrived at the home, the real estate agent was not there yet, so we just waited outside of the home. The exterior was rough and needed some painting as the white paint had faded and peeled in several places. I remember the back porch also had a broken board that would need replacing. When the real estate agent arrived, we went into the home together and began to look around. The first floor was recently updated throughout. The floors were new, the kitchen looked nice, and the bathroom fixtures were stunning and modern. The two bedrooms were relatively small though. However, we heard that this home also had a basement and that had us excited, especially since there was an old wood stove down in the basement that had previously been used to heat the home. I was happy to see it. When I turned to the basement, I noticed that my spouse and the real estate agent were already at the top of the stairs. They paused there for a long moment before finally going downstairs. I wondered why but quickly followed them downstairs. I was delighted to see the wood stove immediately at the bottom of the stairs. I thought it was in a very convenient location that would serve well to heat the rest of the house. However, I noticed that the rest of the basement was not finished as I looked around. There were several rooms down there, but they were only fashioned out of brick and concrete with grimy glass windows in each room. The basement would need a lot of updating if we used it for anything besides heating the rest of the home. I followed my spouse and the real estate agent over to a room on the right. They had paused again at the rather disturbing looking door. It was fashioned out of solid wood and iron and looked medieval. It had a small window atop with bars to look through the door into the room before entering or out from the inside. It honestly reminded me of a dungeon cell door. The handle could only be opened from the outside and there was no mechanism to open it from the inside. This is what had stopped my spouse and the real estate agent in their tracks. 
my spouse tried to push the real estate agent to open the door, but he wouldn't even touch it, so my spouse had to open the door. They peered around the corner from the door, neither willing to step foot inside the room. I walked past them to see what was in the room they were cautiously viewing from the doorway. It was bare and concrete like the other rooms, except for one wall. This one wall was entirely made of what looked like painted plywood. I found that rather odd considering the walls of every other room in the basement were made from brick or concrete. The floor also had several metal anchor points, and the metal anchor points were on the ceiling as well. All these things gave us chills and I quickly bolted out of the room, afraid that the door would suddenly shut and I would be locked in that room. We quickly exited the basement, went out to the back door, and went to the damaged back porch, and dodged the broken board before descending into the yard. We went around the side of the house and explored a rather dusty and junk-filled garage that sat next to and behind the home. There wasn't anything interesting in there to note about. After that, we went our separate ways. Once we were in the car, my spouse and I talked about how creepy the home was. They told me that when they had stood at the top of the basement stairs and looked down into the darkness below, they had seen two pairs of white eyes looking up at them. Once they turned on the lights, though, the eyes had disappeared and my spouse tried to push the real estate agent back to get him to go in first, but the guy just wouldn't budge. So my spouse went down first, and the agent followed. This was when they saw the creepy door. My spouse had noticed a shelf containing some somewhat interesting choices of chemicals. These chemicals were very similar to the ones people would use when committing murders. We wondered what the house might have been used for in the past. I thought that with its proximity to the elementary school, it may have been used for some very sinister things. My spouse thought that maybe it had been a drug running house and that prisoners of the drug lord had been chained down there in the basement and tortured using those harness points. I also wondered about that. That very strange wall of plywood. Why was it there? What was it hiding? Were there bodies hidden in a space behind that wall? We will never know, I suppose, as we didn't end up buying that home. We ended up having other personal issues that kept us from buying the home at the time. After several years of struggles when we were finally looking to repurchase a home, housing prices had gone up more and more and we couldn't really find anything in our price range. This was still before 2020. Sometimes I still think about that house. I wonder who bought it, what, they, what their life is like in that house, if they renovated it or if they just used it for storage and tried to pretend it didn't exist. It had to creep out whoever ended up buying it. I mean, who wouldn't be creeped out? Years ago, I lived in a small community near the town of Gunn, Alberta. We had a long driveway that we had to walk down to wait for our school bus. This one day was when I went down alone as my brother was sick that day. I was used to the wilderness around us. Even though we could see the train tracks from our home, the highway was just past it. There were skunks, wood ducks, and occasional coyote, etc. So imagine my surprise when I got to the end of the driveway and saw a large, black wolf-like creature. I say wolf-like because this thing, it was, it was huge. Just standing there. It was easily over five feet tall. Its muzzle was broader and its fur was thicker. It's, it held its head very high, not low like you hear in a lot of encounters. 
It was built for pure strength and was not sleek looking at all. Now I love dogs and I don't have a single fear of them, even if they run up to me barking. But I froze, instantly in fear. All I could do was stare and try to wrap my mind around what I was seeing. Was this an actual wolf? A hybrid? If a wolf, why was it walking down a road where so many people live? Wolves try to avoid humans usually. They usually turn tail and run away if they know that someone was around. Plus, there were no wolves around, so no pack. Only this hulking black beast. The only thing I knew was if I tried to run or go back down the long driveway, it would easily chase me down and take me out. So I just continued to stand there and stare at it. And it did the same. It felt like minutes before it turned around and slowly walked down the road into the field and then into the woods out of sight. Later that day, I tried to tell my dad about what I saw, but he believed I was exaggerating quite a bit and that it was probably someone's dog that I mistook for a giant creature. It's so rare for a wolf to be so close to people, even rarer that it was a black wolf, but this was no dog. To this day, I still wonder how close I could have actually been to being attacked or even worse, killed by this werewolf creature. A long, long time ago, I lived in a small town called Payson, Arizona, and would frequently sneak out at night and hang out with my friends at the park and surrounding woods. I would walk the town at night quite a bit. I lived near the old Winchester Saloon on Main Street in the days before it burned to the ground. I can tell you that I was on my walk home late one night, and I saw the scariest thing I have ever seen. It was huge covered with fur, dark, and had glowing eyes. It reminded me of animal eyes shining from a camera flash or headlights. I saw it come eloping down McLean Street from the top of the wooded hill and moving quickly. It looked like a large dog or wolf but moved weird and jerky like it was hurt. However, it moved too fast to be injured. I thought maybe it was a coyote that had gotten hit by a car or something. However, when it stood up on its back legs and let out an inhuman growling scream, I did not hang out to find out what it was. I ran as fast as I could, and I would often joke about not running unless I was being chased. Because I was a rather lazy guy, but I can tell you I ran. I ran to my house, which had a hefty, solid wooden door because I barely made it inside and slammed it, and threw the deadbolt just as something hard hit it. It was hard enough to rattle the stuff on the shelves on the wall. It damn near unhinged the door out of the jam. It woke up my entire family, and I got into serious trouble for sneaking out, but holy cow, did it scare me and everyone in the house. My stepdad grabbed his rifle and was going to go outside. Thankfully, my mom convinced him it was a bad idea, and he stayed indoors. It only knocked on the door one time after this, but when we looked out the window, we could see it watching the house from the bushes. I could see those glowing eyes piercing through my soul. Since then, I've been trying to convince myself that what I saw was nothing more than a desperate and hungry coyote. I don't know what the heck it was, but it scared me enough that I was home before dark until the day I left that town. Even as an adult, I would not go out after dark, even if armed. Thinking back on that growling scream and those piercing eyes sends chills down my spine, even as I write this. 
Hey Swamp Folk, sorry to cut into these horror stories that are freaking you out, but today's episode is sponsored by our good friends at HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable, and that's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh is 72% cheaper than dining at a restaurant and is even cheaper than grocery shopping. That's money back in your pocket. HelloFresh's newest menu release includes Mediterranean recipes that are filled with fresh fruits and veggies, nuts, olive oils, and fiber-packed whole grains for nourishing balance. Look, I've been using HelloFresh for over two years now. Even before they started sponsoring this channel, I was a fan. And honestly, it's helped me stay on track with my meal plans when it comes to working out and staying healthy. And I highly recommend it. So what are you waiting for? Join me and the hundreds of others in the swamp today. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Swamped16 and use code Swamped16 for up to 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash Swamped16 and use code Swamped16 for 16 free meals and 3 free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Hi, I've been listening to Swamp Dweller for about three years now and I thought I would finally share my story. I live in a small town close to Area 51. Details of this story may be missing or told a little different from what I remember due to me being about eight at the time of my encounter with the paranormal. My mom, my dad, and I were on the way home from a long trip to the mountains. We did some camping and surprisingly nothing happened while we were camping. The crazy encounter actually happened while we were on the way home. We decided to drive the long way home to get a scenic route. It was dark, with no street lights, stop signs, or side streets. Just a straight road for many miles. We drove for about an hour before my mom screamed. My dad stopped the car in a panic, asking what had happened. And my mom then explained in a panicked voice, I just saw a green flash go over the car. My dad is shaken but keeps driving, just kind of brushing it off at first. A few more miles down this dark and creepy road, and I'm just staring out my window. It is quiet, when suddenly, the green light my mother saw ten minutes ago appears to be floating in front of the car, and the closer we get to it, the further it seems to be. My dad gasped in horror, seeing the green light. Now, no one in my family is skeptical. We all believe in the paranormal, aliens, ghosts, spirits, you name it. My dad says in a spooked voice, I think we got an alien following us. Me being nine at the time, I was very scared and I nearly start to cry. But before I can shed a tear, the lights start bobbing up and down and getting brighter to the point where the lights are up the road in front of us. Then almost like the speed of light, it shoots its way toward our car once again and then disappears before hitting us. We didn't see the green figure or light ever again after that for the rest of the drive but we discuss it every so often. I'm 22 now, and I still wonder what we saw that night. One day at work, I and a couple of co-workers were lounging lazily outside, smoking on a break. One of my younger co-workers told us this story that his dad had told him, as it happened in the recent last couple of years. He explained that his father did some type of work involving checking and diagnosing power lines for problems with electricity. At the time, 
He was working at a popular ski resort just a little way up the hill in a small historic town. On the evening of the incident, the ski lifts were out of order, so he was called at near dark to go check and follow the power lines to find the problem. So, he set out equipment and with a flashlight, he went and checked it out. After he checked a couple of poles and followed the lines, he sat down for a break before continuing. Once finished, he switched on his flashlight in order to see through the falling snow and darkness. In the snowbound silence, he made his way to the next pole, following the nearly invisible power lines against the black sky. As he approached the next pole, he noticed an odd shadow behind it, dancing in the swaying beam of his flashlight. At first, he really wasn't sure what it could possibly be, but as he got closer, he began to get a feeling of dread in the pit of his stomach. The feeling grew as he started to realize that what he was seeing was a pair of legs sticking straight up out of the snow from the base of the power pole. One leg was still attached to a snowboard, while the other leg was free from the board and bent at an angle. Nothing moved. There was only stillness and silence in the snow slowly falling around him. He wondered for a few seconds what or if there was something he could do to help the victim. He decided to run up to the site and try to save the victim by digging them out by hand. He dug and dug furiously and panicked, only to realize as he dug down enough to expose half the body that he was much too late to save them. He's not sure how long he just sat there and cried, helpless to them, not even able to help them at all. Eventually, he got up and went to inform the necessary people of his grisly discovery. But the staff had already known whom he had found. Apparently, earlier that day, a family had reported their daughter missing to the ski resort staff after she had left the group to catch a ski lift to board back down. When she failed to return, later that night, they started to worry. The worry turned into terror after eight hours had passed. What had happened was that on her way down the hill while snowboarding, she most likely noticed the power pole a little too late and trying to stop falling head first into a tree hollow that had formed around the base of the pole, she was unable to dig herself out from being upside down and she eventually suffocated. She managed to yank one foot loose from the binding on the snowboard in her desperation to free herself. That was the most terrifying part for me. I can't imagine how horrible it was to die that way. In mid-2003, I moved in with my grandparents, who essentially raised me most of my life and became more of my mom and dad than anyone else. Unfortunately, they were moving to a new house, a very dull-looking one, in a very small town. If I'm being honest, I wasn't too happy about it since there wasn't anyone my age to hang out with. Still, I made the best of it, though. At least I tried to. The first week there, sometime around 1am, I had woken up to go to the bathroom. And when I sat up, I felt something push me back down with force hard enough to make me bounce. Of course, me being me and dumb at the time, I immediately sat back up and looked around. But there was no one there. I didn't get out of bed either, so I lay back down and tried to go back to sleep. However, I heard a loud yowling sound that sounded like it was coming from a cat. We didn't have a cat, and I hadn't seen any strays around the house. Just a boxer that had been with us for a while, and if you're not aware, a boxer is a breed of dog. I honestly didn't know what to think. 
Hence, I pulled the covers over my head and eventually fell back to sleep. Two nights later, I kept hearing a rocking chair always at night and randomly. Still, we didn't own any rocking chairs. After the first week, our boxer started walking upstairs every night to check on me, sometimes twice like she was making sure I was okay. I wouldn't say I liked the upstairs of that house and always had to have a light on whenever I was there. It didn't matter what room I was in up there. Fast forward 11 years. My wife and I are in the sunroom, a big room with many sunroofs and expansive windows. My mom had just passed away, and it was as if all the light in the world had faded out, and the darkness was overwhelming. A few hours after they removed her body from the home, my little niece had ran upstairs to the office for something and came running back down. My wife, who was also open to the other side, I believe she has Wiccan ancestors, told me she saw a large shadow chasing her down the stairs. After that day, the house took a much darker feeling to it, almost like the light my mom had was no longer protecting it. Now, here's the scariest part of all of this. Almost two years after my mom passed, my wife and I were back in that house for my dad's funeral as he couldn't live without her. He even claimed to see her everywhere waiting for him. The last night we were there, both my wife and me suffered from sleep paralysis at the same exact time. I've experienced it before, and while it's scary every time, this time was still the worst one. I saw a floating white mask whispering to me. I couldn't hear what it was saying, but I was terrified of it. It meant me harm or wanted me to fear it. I don't know. While I was experiencing this, my wife told me she saw an older woman in the corner in a rocking chair speaking to something else in the room. She said she wasn't afraid of her. Still, she feared something else. I believe I know this older woman. I believe I know who this older woman was, but I don't want to put her name here. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true small town horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. If you enjoyed these stories, please be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it, and that helps the swamp grow. If you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcast, be sure to give this a 5-star rating over there as it really helps me out a ton. If you're new to the swamp, why not join us? Hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as I upload them nearly every single day, and all things natural and supernatural. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's a small town story or something different, please be sure to submit it at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. It's stories like yours that truly help keep this show going on a daily basis. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium and would still like to download your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you go, you can download them absolutely free from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you would like to support the Swamp outside of all of that, maybe join me on Twitch. I stream multiple times a week over there, I play horror games and watch terrible horror movies. You can find a link to join me in the description. I would love to know in the comments what your favorite story was tonight. It helps me pick better stories for the future. Also, if you have any suggestions for future story topics, be sure to comment those down below and let me know. Don't forget to join me on Facebook, 
Instagram, and Twitter, and I'll see you all soon with another creepy episode.